Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, are you ready for week three in the ACC? Yeah, Joey, I'm as ready as I can be for what looks to be an exciting week three of action. I can't believe we're already through two weeks of the college football season. All we talked about all summer was the lead up to the season, and now we're already heading into week three. It's pretty crazy. It's going by really quickly, and and the good news is that week three in the ACC is kind of the last week of what we could consider basically the runway before this thing really starts to take off and you start to really dig into ACC play. Uh, we got a few pretty big-name matchups here this weekend uh, with ACC teams and then a lot of uh, G5 and a, even an FCS opponent thrown in there for good measure uh, for, for some other teams this weekend. So let's dig right into this. We've got the uh, the premier game in the country this weekend coming as hot at 8, 8 o'clock p.m. on ABC as we get a rematch from last year's uh, really just, I, I would say, arguably uh, game of the year where the Louisville Cardinals are a three-point home underdog, the number 14 Louisville Cardinals, to the number three Clemson Tigers hot off a win uh, over Auburn, I think there has to be a little bit of concern here for Clemson coming off of a home win over Auburn, having to go on the road and get up again for a game like this, especially with a, a guy on the other side as dangerous as Lamar Jackson is. Um, but I have some pretty strong opinions on this game, Mike, but I'm going to let you kind of give your take on it before I dig into it. Uh, okay, so in my opinion, there's only one matchup in this game that really matters. It's Louisville's offensive line against Clemson's front seven. Bingo. Besides... Besides that, uh, everything else to me can go straight to the background. Um, I don't care about Kelly Bryant. I don't care about whatever running back Clemson throws out there. I really don't care about uh, Louisville's defense at all. Uh, it's it's a mild concern, but like compared to the matchup on the other side with Louisville's offensive line and Clemson's front seven, that's really the only matchup that matters to me game comes down to this in my opinion if Louisville's offensive line can block Clemson's front seven Cardinals are going to have a great chance at home to win this football game if they don't block Clemson's front seven and they allow a repeat performance to the one we saw a week ago when Clemson sacked Jarrett Stidham of Auburn 11 times Louisville does not have a prayer in this game now I don't think we'll get to the 11 sack number just because Lamar Jackson can elude pressure a lot better than Jarrett Stidham can but with that said this Louisville offense completely falls apart when Lamar Jackson doesn't have any time in the pocket to throw or run or do anything that he needs to do to make this offense click. We saw at the final three games of last year when Louisville lost to Houston, they lost to Kentucky, and then they lost to LSU in the bowl game. Huge problem there was the offensive line, their ability to pick up the pass rush of the opposing defense. If they can't do it in this game against Clemson at home, they're not going to win, plain and simple. 
Tigers enter a game as a three-point road favorite. I love Clemson here because I don't trust Louisville's offensive line at all. With that being said, I think Lamar Jackson can make enough plays to at least make it interesting. But in my opinion, if this Clemson front seven performs how I expect them to, I think Clemson wins this thing comfortably by a touchdown or two. So, Mike, let me give you a little bit of background. So I, I always open the podcast telling people that I am a Louisville fan, despite, you know, I, I am a Georgia Tech grad, but I'm also a Louisville fan. Um, where that comes from, I was I was born in Kentucky. Uh, my, my parents were born and raised in Kentucky. And so uh, my mom and her side of the family, huge Kentucky fans. Dad was born and raised in Louisville. He's a big Louisville fan. And so I had to kind of pick sides growing up, right? I've, I think I've told this story before, but... Um, so long story short, I was talking to my dad yesterday and, um, he's a Louisville fan, you know, hoping that maybe they can make something happen on, on big time television, you know, this Saturday night. And I told him, dad, uh, did you watch that bowl game where Louisville played LSU? Cause this might be worse. Um, I, this is Clemson right now is a defense as talented, if not more so than LSU's was last year, uh, with an offense that's a little more organized, a little more effective, and I think Louisville's not as good of a team as they were last year. I think they lost some really key skill talent on offense. They lost some key playmakers on defense. This is not as effective of a Louisville team. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is a 6-6 six and six team if they don't have Lamar Jackson on it. Lamar Jackson is going to drag this team to 9 or 10 wins, and he is nothing short of incredible to watch. And I, Even if you're not a Louisville fan, he is appointment viewing when it comes to college football Saturdays. But i got to tell you, Mike, I've, I've watched a lot of this offensive line this year. The, the poor coaching and the lack of organization in that offensive line. Lamar Jackson in that offense is going to get eaten alive by Clemson's front seven. That's all there is to it. This is a really talented, fast, athletic front seven. Uh, if they are attacking this offense in the same way that Houston did and the same way that LSU did, and I trust them to do so, you know, Brent Venables has never been mistaken for a, uh, a conservative play caller. I, look, they're going to give Louisville all sorts of problems on offense. I, I struggle to see the Cardinals moving the ball effectively and scoring a bunch of points. Meanwhile, I think Clemson's going to have some semblance of success on offense. I've already got money on this game. This is my biggest bet of the year so far. Clemson to cover three at Louisville. This is a bad, bad matchup for the Cardinals, Mike. This is going to be one of the worst games that Louisville plays all year, I think, because of it. Uh, give me Clemson big in this game, maybe by two touchdowns. Um, Meanwhile, also, I'll bring up the total in this game is 58. I kind of think this is going to go under 58. I don't think Louisville's going to be able to score much, and I don't know that Clemson's going to score a ton, um, but they'll they'll outpace Louisville pretty easily here. Yeah, and to be fair, we don't know much about Kelly Bryant either. I mean, he looked okay last week against Auburn, right? And Auburn has a really good defense, but we don't know enough about Kelly Bryant yet to really count on Clemson to score a million points. But to your point in this game, I don't think it matters. I, I like Clemson to beat Louisville and to win this thing comfortably. One quick point, I think the only way that Louisville is going to be able to try to counter this front seven with Clemson, because I don't think they can block them, personally. I just don't think they'll be able to block them. I think Louisville will try to move to a quick passing game and see if their athletes can beat Clemson's on the outside, which I, I just don't see that working either. So there's really no path to victory in my mind for Louisville unless they block up front, which I'm just not comfortable with them doing. So give me Clemson comfortably. Both of us have Clemson to cover. Next game, Mike, noon on ESPN, right on the backside of College Game Day. And By the way, College Game Day in Louisville this week. Do uh, you remember what happened when College Game Day went to Louisville last time? Uh, yeah, Louisville ran the train on Florida State by like 1,000 points. Also week three last year. So second year in a row that week three they've been in Louisville, but this is going to look a whole lot different, I promise. 
Uh, on the end of game day this year in week three is uh, the Pittsburgh Panthers, a 13 and a half point home underdog to the number nine Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, and we, we talked about this briefly over the last couple of weeks, knowing that this matchup was coming up. And I think we're probably in agreement that there's probably not a whole lot worse matchups for Pitt in this game. Uh, Oklahoma State, with their ability to throw the ball around the yard every which way, Pitt's secondary is not in any way, shape, or form constituted in a way that is going to be able to uh, even slow this thing down. The best chance Pitt's going to have is stop the run and get after the passer. Uh, But if Mason Rudolph has any time to throw for the Cowboys, this is going to be a real ugly game, I think, for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one benefit for Pittsburgh is that they're playing this game at home. But uh, really the only path to even keeping this thing competitive is very similar to what Pittsburgh had to do last week against Penn State, and that's run the ball and keep the opposing offense off the field. They did that to a degree against Penn State, and it worked. It kept them in the game. And Oklahoma State scores. It's, it's, I feel very weird picking Oklahoma State to cover 12.5 on the road, but I just don't trust Pittsburgh's defense. I don't trust Pat Narduzzi to have those, those guys ready on that side of the football because he hasn't done it yet at Pitt. So uh, until he does so, until they turn in a positive defensive performance, it's going to be really tough for me to pick Pittsburgh to win or keep these types of games close. Um, I, I just Oklahoma State's a really quick-hitting offense, even more so than Penn State. That's why I think they run away with this one and win this thing comfortably. When you take the spread into account, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily mind Pittsburgh to cover. Um, I think that they have a decent chance to do that if they can ugly this thing up. Do what they did last week and just kind of sit on the ball, rely on their run game, keep Oklahoma State out of the end zone, make them kick field goals, do that kind of thing. I think they can keep it to like a 10 to 13 point game. I I don't trust them to do that, and so I'm not going to feel good when I, I think I'm going to pick Pitt to cover here. I think 10 to 13 sounds right. I'm going to regret this later. Mike, you're shaking your head right now. Uh, this, you know... Whatever. I rolled with Pitt last week. They covered 22.5. I'm going to go this week again at home. I'm going to take them to cover 13.5 against Oklahoma State. I don't know how or why, but that's what I'm going with. Hail to Pitt, Mike. We're going with the Panthers. That's that's fine. Moving on, Mike. 3.30 p.m. on ESPN. Our beloved, beloved Boston College Eagles. 13.5 point underdogs, just like Pittsburgh at home. But they're playing the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I have one question for you, Mike, as a Notre Dame fan. Notre Dame's winning this game, right? Like, they they can't they can't possibly lose this, right? Yeah, I love Notre Dame in this spot, Joey. I don't think there's any way they lose this game against Boston College. Um, all we've been hearing is how Boston College can pull up the upset because I think people look at the past Boston College teams and think that you know this is a team that can really challenge Notre Dame. But you look at that BC offense and how they struggled against Wake Forest last weekend. I mean, this is not the same BC team. So I love the Irish in this spot to win and to cover. I always think back, Mike, to the 2015 Boston College-Notre Dame game, and that was the 3-9 Boston College team that had, like, the number two defense in the country. And they gave the Irish a lot of problems. I want to say that might have been at, like, a Fenway Park type of situation or something. Um, And I can't help but think that this is that same Boston College team, but with, like, a much more average defense. Um, their, Their defense is maybe average to above average, but their offense seems fairly useless right now. Um, they just lost by 24 points at home to Wake Forest. And and Wake Forest is, again, is a decent team in the Atlantic at this point, but not lighting up a whole bunch of scoreboards, especially, you know, uh, being a run-focused team like they are. 
if Boston College's defense is in a place where they can't stop the run, you know, that they know that Wake Forest is going to throw at them. By the way, that's what Notre Dame's going to throw at them too. And if they can't stop that, that defense is not going to keep them in a whole lot of games if their offense can't keep up. And so I really, I think this is going to be a bad Boston College team. We were talking before we came on recording of is Boston College, you know, struggling going to get to four wins. I'll be surprised if they do, Mike. I'm not believing in what I'm seeing from the Eagles right now. I don't think they keep this game close. I think Notre Dame's going to run all over them. Give me Notre Dame to cover 14, uh, 13 and a half as well. Uh, and again, I'm trying to get out of the habit of t- picking, you know, the favorite to cover large spreads, but inside of two touchdowns, I, I feel fairly good about my odds with the Irish here. On to the next one. 12.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. The fourth biggest game that we have in the ACC this week is the Duke Blue Devils 14-point home favorites against the uh, the icky, disgusting, we'll maybe try to avoid talking about them any longer than we have to, Baylor Bears. Um, I looked at this game, Mike, and we talk sometimes in in college football, and especially as it relates to gambling, about a trap game. Um, where a lot of times a team will have a, a you know a big game, a big win. They'll play a mediocre opponent, and then they'll go play another uh, really big game uh, the week after that, especially. And the mediocre opponent, they're so you maybe worn down from the big win and looking ahead to the uh, big opponent afterwards that the the mediocre opponent seems to jump up and and beat them. I feel like this is a bit of a trap game for the audience, but in a totally different sense. Um, I have a feeling that Baylor is probably even worse than people tend to realize right now, and I think Duke might just totally run roughshod on them, and I think people might draw conclusions that they maybe shouldn't from this game. Is that a fair maybe prediction here that Duke's going to look a lot better than maybe they are and Baylor might look a lot worse than they are here? We're trying to figure out, we're trying to make an assessment here on how good Duke is. Like Duke hasn't played a real offense yet, right? I don't want to mistake the Baylor of last year or the year before to the Baylor of this year, right, where the offense is really having problems. But I think schematically, this is a very different offense that Duke's going to see in week three than they've seen in any of the first two weeks thus far. Baylor loves to spread you out and throw the football a ton. It's what they do. It's what they've done for a while now. You know, new coach be damned. That's their thing. They throw the ball a lot. They like to spread you out. I'm really interested to see how Duke handles that because Duke has not faced an offense like that yet. Northwestern does some elements of that, but not to the degree that Baylor does schematically. I think Northwestern is likely around the same type of team that Baylor is, maybe a little bit better. But I feel weird about this. I don't feel comfortable picking Baylor to cover, but I'm going to do it here. I I just think it's a weird spot for Duke coming off of that win at Northwestern. I think a lot of people are hyping up Duke just because Daniel Jones has looked so good in the first two weeks, and then everybody remembers he hasn't played a real defense yet. Speaking of defenses, they haven't seen a real offense yet, and maybe they don't see one this weekend either. And Maybe it's not till next weekend where Duke plays North Carolina, and that's the first time they see a real offense this season, but... Give me Baylor to cover. I like Duke to win at home. Um, I think Baylor drops to 0-3, but from the Baylor standpoint, Matt Rule absolutely needs this football game. Like, I don't know what you're recruiting to if you can't win any of your first three games and you you lose to UTSA and you lose to Liberty and then you lose to Duke. I mean, how do you recruit to that? So Matt Rule needs this. I think Baylor comes out and plays a lot better, but I like Duke to win. 
Mike, you're joining the dark side. You're picking underdogs the to cover. Duke or no, no, no. Oh, you're picking okay. underdogs to cover spreads that you have no reason to trust them to cover. And uh, I know. Just I, I, know. I like it. I like it. I'm I'm going the other way. I'm taking Duke here. I think I think Duke is going to run all over Baylor. Uh, I think Daniel Jones is going to keep looking really good. I there is not. You're probably right. I, I if you ask me like what's the best thing about Baylor's football team right now, I don't know what I would tell you. Uh, I mean. This is, does not seem like a team that's going to score a lot of points. It doesn't seem like a team that's going to play really good defense. Like I, somehow Baylor in in about eighteen months' time has gone from like borderline, you know, New Year's Six level football program to like what they were in the early two thousands. Like can't beat, you know, can't win a single Big Twelve game for multiple years. You know, kind of like garbage looking program. Um, Obviously, there's been a, a, a lot that's happened in a relatively short amount of time with that program yeah. that is pretty shameful in a lot of different ways. So they have more they have more four stars in jail than are on the field, you know. Yeah, and and I don't know that anybody's going to be uh, feeling all that bad for him about that either. But uh, yeah, I, this is a lot of points. But Duke at home, I think they're going to roll and just and continue to look good against teams that uh, maybe we we should be uh, maybe we might be overestimating a little bit. So yeah, give me Duke to cover fourteen here. Uh, let's move on, Mike. Let's go kind of quickly. We've, we've got some other games here that um, maybe not quite as high profile. Start with number 16, Virginia Tech. Your Hokies, 22.5-point road favorites against the swashbuckling East Carolina Pirates, 3.30 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network. That's a new one. Um, it is. How do you feel about this game? Pretty good? I, I feel pretty good. I mean, East Carolina is really bad, so I like Tech here. Um now, whether or not they win or cover is a different thing. I mean, I think they're they should they should win and cover because East Carolina is that awful. Um, now, the East Carolina teams that have upset Virginia Tech, and this is another one of those trap games for the audience. I love that. We got to use this more often. I love it, mm-hmm. Joey. I love it. Trap game for the audience. They're going to betters are going to love East Carolina in this spot because they saw what happened to Virginia Tech against Delaware last week. And in addition to that, they're thinking. Oh, yeah, remember when Tech beat Ohio State in the 2014-15 season and they came home the following week and lost at home to East Carolina? Uh, newsflash, Virginia Tech, the times they've lost or been upset by East Carolina, Ruffin McNeil was the coach. Um, part two of this, Ruffin McNeil is no longer the coach. The coach is Scotty Montgomery, and the first go-around didn't work too well. Virginia Tech humbling 50 points on him last year. I was there. It was great. Give me the Hokies here to win and to cover. I think the running game is actually going to look a lot better this week, and I think the Hokies will hit on more big plays that they missed out on last week against Delaware. They were a couple plays away in that game from really blowing that thing open. I think they actually blow this game open on the road this weekend against East Carolina and win big. Talked about Baylor having a brutal start to the season. East Carolina is 0-2 with losses to James Madison and West Virginia by a combined 56 points, Mike. That's not a good football team. This is not the East Ouch. Carolina of old that was like the, the secret ACC assassins. Um, this is not a good East Carolina team, even a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go transitive property here. Virginia Tech beat West Virginia by seven points. West Virginia beat East Carolina by 36 points. Going Virginia Tech by 43. They cover and beat nice. East Carolina. Um, but let's go get money. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I would not recommend laying 22 and a half points in much of any game ever so don't do that i will not either yeah not recommended uh next up noon on espn2 as the uh the virginia cavaliers 10 and a half point home favorites 
Yes, you heard that right. Uh, but it's because they're playing the Connecticut Huskies, Mike. Uh, this is a game that maybe a year or two ago would have been a lot more competitive. But we talk about really bad G5 teams. Um, Connecticut is one of them. This is not not a pretty team. There's not a whole lot. Again, like we talked about, about Baylor. What's the best thing about Connecticut right now? I don't know. I don't know if there's anything good about them, frankly. Um, I don't know that Virginia is a very good team this year. But I think that they're taking steps towards respectability to the degree that they're going to win this game by maybe 14 to 17 points. Um, there's some there's some chance that this gets real uglied up and and you know is like a 13 to six win or something like that. But I think I'm going to trust Bronco and 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 Virginia for some reason. You know, famous last words. But uh, yeah, give me the Cavs to cover and, and win by 14 to 17 in this game. I like UVA. Uh, these aren't your grandfather's Huskies, which I'm not even really sure what that means, but give me Virginia also by, like, 13-ish, like, just inside two touchdowns. I agree with you. I think it could be ugly as well, potentially, but Virginia's offense has looked better. I mean, granted, they played William & Mary in Indiana, but, I mean, Ben Kurtz looked a lot better than I expected him to look, so give me Virginia. I can't believe I'm saying this, but give me Virginia to win and to cover against a very, very bad Connecticut Huskies football team. Mike, you know who Connecticut's head coach is, right? Randy Edsel, Joey. It's your boy, Mike. It's your boy. Your boy, Randy Edsel. Former Maryland head coach that... uh also, former former long-term Connecticut head coach. He had a lot of success at Connecticut, actually, in his first tenure. It's going to take a minute to rebuild that. But he was the uh, the captain of the Maryland ship that uh, departed the waters of the ACC and went uh, real, real bad in the Big Ten. Uh, he was 22-34 and 34 with Maryland, including a 9-10 and 10 mark in the Big Ten before getting fired in 2015. So uh, Randy Edsel's back and head coach at Connecticut, I – We'll see how that goes. It's going to take a minute, but um, for now, it's not going to be pretty. So give us UVA to cover. I think both of us have that. Moving on, Mike, at 3.30 p.m. on Insert TV Network here. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. North Carolina, a 10-point favorite on the road at Old Dominion. I'm a little wary of this line. I don't know if I can trust North Carolina's defense enough to lay 10 points. Uh, against an Old Dominion team that has been kind of pesky in recent years, even against Power 5 teams, because shown it can score at times. Um, I, I'm leaning taking Old Dominion to cover here and not feeling great about it. But more importantly, Mike, is this game not on television? I have found, I found nothing that indicates that it's on any TV channel ever. Yeah, I would love to say that it's on TV, but I literally have no idea. I was actually l- really looking forward to watching this game because... I know nothing about Old Dominion. Old Dominion plays Virginia Tech in Blacksburg a week from Saturday. So I was really looking forward to this game because, like, I feel like I know a bit about North Carolina but not enough about Old Dominion. But it doesn't look like we can find the game anywhere right now, which is a little strange. So, hey, uh, why don't you guys tweet us if there is a TV network it's going to be on because Joey and I would like to watch it. And, you know, we're not complete idiots. We just can't find it anywhere. Um, so it is literally, it's not listed on ESPN. It's not listed on gambling sites. It's even the world famous LSU football.net TV schedule does not have a TV schedule for this game. Yeah. And that's telling you something because they always have the TV schedule and I don't know where this game is. So I don't know. Just give me your local radio station or something and I'll listen to football. Like it's 1945 or something, I guess. Um, 
or I'll UNC just... doesn't want to think about college football in 1925. Yeah, I know. Well, they, they prefer like 2014, 2015. <laughs> yeah, uh, they definitely don't prefer the last two weeks. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. Hey, by the way, low key on that note, uh, North Carolina in this game trying to break a four game losing streak. They've lost their last four games to NC State, Stanford, Cal, and now Louisville. Uh, it's it's time to get in the win column, Tar Heels. Uh, yeah, you're two losses away from needing to win six in a row dating back to last season to make the bowl game in the middle of this season. So how about that for a... Whatever, Mike. I'm going to take North Carolina to cover 10. I'm not going to feel great about it. But more importantly, I'm probably going to take over 58 and a half here. Uh, moving on, 3.30 p.m. on the ACC Network, Syracuse a 10-point home favorite against Central Michigan. And this can't possibly go wrong for Syracuse, right? Uh, I got Syracuse to win and cover. It does seem like a lot of points, especially for – I feel like a lot of us have high expectations for Syracuse and their offense, and they're going to score a lot of points. But we haven't really seen it yet this year, and at some point – I, you know, you've, you've heard us talk about, I, I kind of go into show me mode at some point. Um, I kind of want Syracuse to show me that their offense is what we think it is. Um, 67 and a half is a lot here, a lot to prove. Uh, but I should point out, Mike, that if, if Central Michigan wins this game, it will not be their first win this year over a Power 5 team. Central Michigan is 2-0 and coming off of a game where they ran up the score in none other than Lawrence, Kansas, against the Kansas Jayhawks. They had a 45-27 win last week. Yeah. Yeah, the Chips uh, are, are bringing the heat right now. Um, they, they had a barn burner 30-27 overtime win over Rhode Island the week before. So if that gives you an idea of uh, where things fall in the, the old uh, the, the, uh, cast system here in college football, is Rhode Island at home was a tougher win than Kansas on the road, so that's fine. Um there's a lot of points, Mike. Um, I, uh, yeah, Syracuse has been a little iffy this year. I'm going to go with the Orange to win, but I'm going to take Central Michigan to cover here. Uh, and I, and uh, I don't know. Hey, I will go with the over. I'll go over 67.5. I, I see your concern. I totally understand it. But uh, I don't know. I have a weird feeling about this. But give me, yeah, give me Central Michigan to cover here. Fire up ships. I got Syracuse to win, just to be clear with that. Um, last big game here, Mike, 3 o'clock in the ACC Network. Wake Forest, a 13.5-point home favorite. There's a lot of 13.5-point spreads this week in the ACC. It's kind of kind of interesting. They're a 13.5-point favorite at home against the Utah State Aggies. Uh, speaking of Aggies, I just got back from a recruiting trip at Texas A&M, and by the way, every bit as weird as it sounds. Um, I bet. There's these weird, like, creaking, whispering, like, ghost kind of sounds all around campus that sounded a whole lot like somebody was saying eight and five. I don't know what about what that was all about. But <laughs> um, anyways, the Demon Deacons coming home, they got to try to cover uh, two touchdowns against the Aggies. I'm not going to lie. I actually kind of like Utah State to cover here. Um, the, the issues that they gave Wisconsin week one in Madison, um, in particular, I think that they gave Wisconsin issues with running the ball. And again, with what that is going to be, what that's going to mean in terms of Wake Forest offense, I think that the, the Steam and Deacon is going to struggle to pull away here a little bit. Um, give me Utah State to cover, but I, th- I still think Wake Forest wins by 7 to 10 points. I think it's a fairly comfortable win for, uh, for Dave Doran's team. Or, excuse me, Dave Clawson's team. Sorry, name yeah, that, name that Dave. Dave in North Carolina. Yeah. Nice. Not pretty. Um, yeah. Uh, name that contract extension because we went Ooh. on that tangent last year. Uh, Clawson. 
Boom. Uh, Wake Forest wins this game, and they cover. I see your Utah State point, and I raise you Wisconsin blowing the game open in the second half. So This is true. Uh, that's why I'm taking Wake to cover. Now, Wake Forest, obviously, is not the offense that Wisconsin is, but they looked like it last week against Boston College, and that's good enough for me. So give me Wake Forest. By the way, interesting stat on Utah State. They're 1-1, one and one, and they've yet to play a game this year that's been decided by less than five touchdowns. Um, there think, we go. I think the closest game they played was last weekend that was decided by 38 points, and then the Wisconsin game was decided by about 49 points. So Utah State in a close game. We have nothing re- remotely resembling a data point there. Uh, last game, Mike, and this is a, uh, a real quick drive-by kind of game. NC State at home a, on, on the ACC Network at 12.20 p.m. They're playing the Furman Paladins, also known as the Furman University Christian Knights. Draw your own conclusions there. Um, I don't think there's any uh, reason for concern here for the Wolfpack. I think this is a bit of a get-right game before they start to delve into the, uh, the tougher part of their schedule. So I, I feel pretty good about the Wolfpack. Hey, this is that game we were talking to Will Thompson about where it was like a weird 12-20 kickoff that really frustrated me. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because that's yes. really all I have to say about this game. NC State. Yeah, go Wolfpack. Uh, there were two other games, Mike, this weekend that um, we're not going to be playing. Number one is the – first of all, we should mention that Clemson-Louisville is uh, the, the headliner game of the weekend. It's actually a replacement headliner of the weekend. The headliner of the weekend was going to be the number 17 Miami Hurricanes at the number 11 Florida State Seminoles. Uh, that game has been postponed and moved back to October 7th uh, due to the effects of Hurricane Irma. Uh, again, our thoughts and prayers are with all those in Florida who were affected by this hurricane, and it is totally sensical that they were not able to play this uh, in, the, in the immediate aftermath of that uh, natural disaster going through the state. So that will be played later. And speaking of games in Florida, Georgia Tech was also supposed to play at Central Florida. That game has also been canceled. Uh, that was part of a home-and-home for Georgia Tech at UCF. And then in two or three years, I believe this, the, uh, uh, the Golden Knights are supposed to be coming to Atlanta. This leg has been canceled, but the, the word on the street is that UCF is still on the schedule to come to Atlanta here in a few years. So um, this one is canceled, will not be made up. I think it's going to be some really good, well-deserved R&R for Georgia Tech before they go to play uh, Pittsburgh and UNC the next two weeks. Um, I, ultimately, you know, it takes a potential win off the schedule, but that's also a potentially dangerous game that I've talked about. So uh, it also takes a potential loss off the schedule. Meanwhile, let the team get rested up and um, get prepared to go down the stretch. Um, so uh, overall, I think that might be a net win for the Yellow Jackets uh, to not be playing against UCF in Orlando this weekend. But Mike, we got to do one thing before we get out of here. We got to make our ACC picks of the week. Uh, we are both one and one. Uh, I picked first last week. I had Indiana minus three. That hit. You had NC State to cover 24 and a half. They did not cover. Uh, so we are both one and one on the season. Uh, you are now up first. What is your ACC pick of the week here? Can we both just pick Clemson to cover against Louisville and then just <laughs> leave it at that? Or is that bad podcasting? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's up not, to you. It's not great uh, podcasting. Yeah, but. you're right. So let me pick. All right. So Clemson minus three. I just side note. I'm putting a lot of money on that one. So let's just get that out of the way first. Um, I'll pick another game just to make this podcast interesting because that's what we do here. Um, I like ND to cover 13 and a half against Boston College. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be putting money on the Eagles just because they've upset Notre Dame before. I think it's a bad idea because Boston College is a terrible football team. 
and I think Notre Dame's a very good football team. So, uh, you know, they, they lost a tough one against Georgia last week. I think they figure things out uh, this weekend and, you know, kind of take out their anger and frustration on the Boston College Eagles. Obviously been a tough week for Notre Dame and Brian Kelly specifically in press conferences having to answer for losing another game very close by a touchdown. I think they should quit doing that just for my sake. But, um, yeah, give me the Irish on the road to beat Boston College pretty handily. Yeah. You know, if I was going to pick a second game in the conference against the spread, I think that would probably be the one. I think you're right. Um, and I, that's probably the direction I would go to is Notre Dame to cover two touchdowns, which, again, famous last words, doesn't feel great. But um, I think my pick of the week is actually we're going to talk about a total here. And I mentioned this earlier. The total in the Clemson-Louisville game is 58. I really like the under in that game. Um, I, I think that Clemson's offense is going to have to generate points in the throwing game. I think Kelly Bryant is still kind of adapting to that to a certain degree. I think Louisville is going to struggle to score on Clemson's defense. I don't think this game is going to look like it did last year where what the, the, the total points scored were like 64. I think it was a 36-28 game. or No, no, no it was 42-36, so that's 78 points. I don't think they're going to get up that high this year. I think this is a different-looking game. More of a defensive struggle, a bit of a field position thing. You know, maybe something wonky happens, a couple of defensive touchdowns or something. But uh, I'm going to go under 58 in the Clemson-Louisville game. That's my pick of the week, Mike. I like it, Joey. I like it. Fair. Uh, Mike, there's also one other thing we got to do before we get out of here. Uh, we got some sweet reviews on Facebook and on iTunes. Uh, first of all, huge, huge thanks to those who are going in and reviewing us and rating us. That That is helpful to us uh, maybe more than you guys really realize um, it is you know even if it is a one-star review that's perfectly fine I am perfectly happy with a one-star review um, as long as you guys are letting us know what you think um, we've got a couple of new ratings on uh, iTunes a couple of new ratings on Facebook uh, we have a good time with this hopefully you guys enjoy listening to it if not then man you must be getting bored on your drives or something um, oh I don't know why you would keep listening but um, Really, really appreciate those who are going out and doing that. Um, Mike, did you find the names of the people that have reviewed us? Um, not that rated us, but yes to the review. Um, ACC Know-It-Alls by Keith and M. That's the title. Um, Is that Ken Canem? Yeah, it must be. <laughs> um, that, that would be dope, huh? Not bad. Um, I'll just read a uh, brief excerpt of this. Uh, Mike and Joey love them some ACC. It comes through in their podcast. Have a good knowledge of the ACC teams and their opponents. Um, I'd recommend adding this to your subscription list. Favorite part is a season preview where they bring in special guests to preview certain teams. Oh, and they still also have an insanely too long email address, which that's what I'm talking about, guys. So That's a true follower. Yep, Keith and M. I don't know if you're a male or female, but thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. No, I appreciate it. We, we both appreciate this. And for those of you that have not written a review but just rated us, I mean, I just want to echo Joey's sentiment. Also super helpful, so please continue to do so. Um, if you give us five or four stars, great. If you give us less than that, please write us a review and tell us why you're rating us less than that. Tell us how we can improve. We're trying to get all five stars. That's what Joey and I want to do. We want to make this a great podcast for as long as we can. So please... Um, if you have anything less than a four or five star rating, please let us know. Drop us a review as well. Um, major league helpful, guys. This is great. 
Hell yeah, it is. Thank you guys so much again for reviewing and rating us. Uh, on that note, Mike, um, I am headed to Atlanta for a bachelor party this weekend. Um, the groom is a Clemson grad, and so I'm going to sit there and watch Louisville get their tails handed to him on Saturday nice. night at a bachelor party with a Clemson grad, so that's going to be cool. Um, I have a feeling his roommate from Clemson is going to be there too, so that'll be even even better. Um, but so I, it's going to be kind of late on me Sunday getting back, so I think we might wait till Monday to record the recap. Um, so we'll we'll talk to you guys then. Uh, in the meantime, this should be a really fun weekend, so enjoy the action. Uh, but as you enjoy that action, remember you guys can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you can send us an email if you find some cool links. If you got again some feedback, you know, a review. You want to if you want to email us a review, that works too. Hell, do it, whatever. Uh, you can send it all to the longest email address known to man: basketball conference podcast at gmail dot com. Nailed it. Sorry. Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, as as noted, that is the longest email address known to man, and it is excessively long. But still, you can you can do it. It sounds it's spelled exactly like it sounds. Basketball conference podcast at gmail dot com. Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? They can find us at facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Please continue to review. You guys are awesome. You're doing great. I'm also going to throw the links to Facebook, Twitter, or sorry, Facebook, Google Play, iTunes. I'm going to throw it all in our Twitter bio so you guys can easily access it. I, I said I would do that after the last podcast. I haven't done it yet, so that's on me, guys. I'll make sure I do that now. Um, big time helpful for you guys to all throw your reviews up there. Um, continue to do so; it'd be awesome. Mike, that is on you. You got to be better. He said as he yep. stumbled over his words through the outro. And by the way, just so that you're not while well, you're not paying attention, uh, you guys can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. That's the thing I forgot to mention before. So I can do better Whoops. too. That's on me. Uh, in any it's on case, us. it's on us, guys. It's on us. It, it is always on us. Uh, yeah. So again, Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. The thing that all those things have in common, you can go and rate and review us on all those places. So please do so. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. But Mike, this has been a lot of fun. Let's get out of here. Uh, are you ready for some week three action in the ACC? As ready as I can be, Joey. Let's do it. It's the end of the runway. It is about time to really hit the pedal to the, to the metal. But uh, we got some sweet action this weekend before that happens. But Hope you guys enjoy the games. Should be a fun weekend. Uh, Tweet us as you watch these games. Let us know what you think. But uh, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.